Well, this gospel imagery we have today is, uh, I think, really beautiful. A few little parables. Images of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. We have the treasure hidden in the field, the pearl of great price, and then finally we have this net that's cast out um, and pulls in a great catch of both good and bad fish. These wonderful stories are not the only thing wonderful happening. Uh, Although we don't have one this morning, we've been having a lot of first communions uh, these last few weeks. They've been delayed, uh, and thanks be to God, they're starting to happen again slowly. Um, And it's been really beautiful for me to just witness. I was here last night helping out with communion with Father Claydar to see these little, pure, beautiful children of God um, receive him so thrilled, so joyous, just full of bliss and innocence. Uh, it got me thinking, do I remember my own first communion? Uh, and no, unfortunately not, I don't. I don't. Maybe you do. I do remember my first mass, but that was only like a month ago. <laughs> uh, but anyways, maybe you remember your own, uh, that first precious time you received Jesus. With other beauty, Uh, with these first communions, um, it it brought me a challenge for my own heart and a challenge I want to offer us all today. Um, It's a bold question, and even if we do believe, I think it's good to to re-ask ourselves, to re-up our our fervor and our love for the Lord. The simple question is this, do you believe in the Eucharist? Do you really believe that God, who created the universe, before the Big Bang, whatever there was, uh, who loves us so much, sent his Son, The Son became man, a human. He suffered, he died for our sins, and then he rose, conquering sin and death. But before doing so, knowing he was going to ascend eventually, he gave us the church, right? He gave us the priesthood, and he gave us the Eucharist. So he could be with us always. That Eucharist, which is truly his body and his blood, his soul and his divinity. That's not figurative language. That's true, real, carnal language. So do we believe these truths? Because the Eucharist, to the world, to anyone out roaming the streets um, who's not a practicing Catholic, it's an utter mystery. And I even wager it's a grave scandal um, to believe what we believe as as Christians. Um, Ludicrous to some. You think of St. Paul. He preaches in Corinthians. We, as Christians, proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. You could even take the early church, uh, the first 300 years of our faith before uh, the Edict of Milan, before Christianity was made legal in the religion of the empire. It was illegal to be Christian because the Romans were afraid that this Christian uprising may try to overthrow the government. But what they didn't realize is our kingdom is not of this earth. Uh, It's a kingdom of heaven. But before this time, before it was legal, these 300 years, Christians pretty much had to go about in secret. I mean, every pope for the first 300 years was, was martyred uh, for the faith um, until Constantine. And so you couldn't go around publicly professing your faith. To even go to like a mass, uh, they were either underground or in someone's home in secret. And so you had to you know, give a little sign to get in and they were not allowed anyone else in. If you weren't Christian, you weren't Catholic, you could not come to mass uh, out of complete protection. So this made the pagans of the Roman Empire very intrigued. What are these Christians doing in secret? We don't know, we're not allowed, we, we can't go. But we keep hearing these words, they keep talking about sacrifice, that they're consuming um, a God, but it's a God that's made man who died and rose. All these things were going through their head because they knew that these many were, many were Jews that converted to Christianity, not all of them, but some. And Jews did sacrifices. 
But these weren't your typical Jews, because Jews sacrificed animals in the temple. These Jews, they keep saying that they're sacrificing the Son of God, a man. Um, And so they started theorizing, like, okay, obviously they're not doing that. They're not sacrificing and receiving God. So what are they doing? Well, they had to charge them with something in order to arrest them and persecute them. Uh, So the most often charge they brought against these early Christians was cannibalism. They thought, surely they're not eating God, so it has to be something else, right? One of their own. A crazy thought, but that's the only way they can make it work in their heads because they didn't believe in the Eucharist. Just a side note, even like the Mayan Empire, who practiced human sacrifice because they knew blood in the heart was pleasing to the gods, right? So the the, uh, Christians came over from Europe, from Spain, and they told them, no, we have Jesus Christ. We have the unbloody sacrifice. You don't need to do that anymore, right? We have Jesus, the Eucharist. It's a reality. It's a mystery, to be sure, that's shocked and confused people for as long as Christians have been alive. Um, And for them, it's it's a pretty foolish idea, uh, the Eucharist. So we have this gospel today. There's this field of treasure. We have this pearl of great price. And then finally, the large fishing net. So in the first two, we hear that this businessman and this merchant, out of joy, okay, focus on the word joy, sell everything they have and buy X. They, they buy the field. They buy the pearl of great price. Now, I'm no businessman, right? I'm not a merchant either. <laughs> but when a rival business partner or even a friend says, hey, I know about this field and there's buried treasure in the middle of it. It might be a little too good to be true. Certainly you wouldn't want to sell everything you have and bank everything on there being a treasure there, right? But this man literally sells everything. And then the merchant, I'm a trader again, but I feel like if you're a merchant and you want to make a a long-lasting living, uh, you wouldn't sell everything you have to buy one pearl. Like hopefully it's not a fake, right? You need things to travel around as a merchant. If it's not real, he just gave up everything for nothing. So in the eyes of the world, these two were, were complete fools. So brothers and sisters, the Eucharist, I believe, is the treasure in the field. It is the pearl of great price. It is Jesus himself who is worth abandoning everything for, everything of the world to pursue. And this fishing net, the church fathers taught that it's symbolic of the Holy Church, always holy in and of herself, but made up of good fish and bad fish. I think we've seen that in, in our modern times especially of children pursuing God and holiness, great martyrs, confessors, holy virgins, saints, men and women who just spend their lives pursuing goodness in the Lord. But we also know uh, that even in the church, uh, there remains great sinners, but that we're all children of God and the Lord loves us all and wishes all to come to him. So the church is this vessel by which we receive this gift of the Eucharist. The church nourishes her children, and so thank God we're finally back here. And witnessing these first communions um, has just kind of enlightened and invigorated my own heart, further fanned in the flame my love for Jesus. So today, brothers and sisters, what a complete and undeserved gift we have, sacrificed and offered on this altar, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the Eucharist. So my challenge to you again, when you perhaps witness in the coming weeks, uh, young children receiving Jesus for the first times, just the utter joy um, on their faces and their souls, who they receive him, who died for them, who loves them into their hearts. I try to recall, encourage you to recall your own baptism. Or if you can't, just try to imagine what it was like in your head. 
and ask the Lord, Lord, are you worth abandoning everything for? What am I holding back from you? What am I hiding from you? Whether it's pain, whether it's wounds or sins, to open your heart to the Lord is my challenge today when we come up for the Holy Eucharist. Because his heart is pierced for you and for me, it's ready and it's a reckless and scandalous love, a real love, and it's prepared for you.